It's the podcast specifically for the Australian country music industry. Our country. Conversations with prominent Australian country music identities. Recorded and produced in Tamworth, Australia's country music capital at Radio 2TM. And now, the host of our country, 2TM presenter and award-winning singer-songwriter, Sally Ann Witten. Welcome to Our Country, a series of podcast episodes where I get to speak to some of Australia's favourite and most influential country music artists and people involved in the industry. And today it is my absolute pleasure to have on the phone, joining me all the way from Nashville, Mark and Jay O'Shea. Hi guys. Hi sally Ann. how are you? I'm, I'm great. How, uh, how's Nashville treating you guys? Good today. It's really hot. Good today. <laughs> Like our today, yesterday, today, yesterday, Oof. bloody hell! Oh, sorry. Whoops. No, she's already swearing. Um, no, no, it's great. It really is great. Um, as you, we're just coming to the end of a very long, hot summer, so we're ready for some lovely fall weather. Yes, we know that feeling being here in Tamworth too. It's always really, really good to get to summer, and then it goes for too long, and we're over it. So I yeah. feel you. Yeah. yeah. Now, what we want to do is talk to you guys about how you got started in country music because I think Mark your rock you came from a rock and roll background and Jay was your mum a classical she was a classical singer am I correct you are correct but that is a very long convoluted story which we can go into a little (laughs) as many dark twists and turns um so in short um I grew up in Adelaide Mm -hmm. And I was adopted and my birth parents raised me and neither of my, my birth parents, uh, sorry, my adoptive parents are uh, musical. They mm-hmm. love music but then they don't play any instruments or whatever like that. Um, you know, I found my uh, birth parents about eight years ago and my birth mother is an opera singer who currently sings with Opera Australia and has done for about 35 years mm. and as a, yeah, as a full-time job. And, and my birth father is Rob Hurst from Midnight Oil. Mm. Fantastic. So yeah, definitely musical genes in there. So what, what attracted you to country music in particular? And my dad is an electrician, in case anyone cares, <laughs> and my mum raised nine kids. Ah, Fantastic. Mark's mum and the dad. End. Mark's mum and dad, Barry and Eileen, are both very musical. They both play piano and they both sing. Right, okay. They did. They did like stage shows and musicals and everything when they were young together. They sure did, yes. So did yes. you have Johnny Cash in the house or anything when you were younger? What what drew you to both to country music? Um, well, di- uh, I think that's a different answer for uh, each of us. It is, yeah, you start. Um, but I had a, grew up in a very musical household. My All my brothers and sisters played music um, in one form or another. Um, we got taught piano by nuns when we oh, were. Yeah. Mean, nasty nuns. Yeah, they no. are. They, yeah, they were great. <laughs> the nuns that taught me were lovely. The ones that taught my older brothers and sisters might have been a bit rough. But <laughs> you must have been an angel, Mark. <laughs> yeah, but no, I was very, I was very, very lucky. Um, so we all grew up playing music, and then I was in. I uh, started in bands when I was uh, about twelve or thirteen, and ended up playing in pubs around the local, um, around the Darling Downs, basically, um, from about thirteen to sixteen or so, and then I went in the Gimpy Music Master Talent Quest and. Uh, this, is, this is the very short short version yep. and, and won the talent quest when I was 16. Wow, okay. And um, 
and then the next year was offered a record deal when I was still at high school, um, and then I finished off high school and got into university. And, um, got into law, right? Got into law uh, at university, and then deferred that, and then have been a slave to rock and roll. Again. So, <laughs> love it. And it all went south. It all went horribly wrong. <laughs> I had great, pro- I had great promise, Sally. In the early days. Do your parents still ask you when you're going back to college? Constantly. <laughs> Getting a real job. You know, Mark, it's not too late. Well, you know, if the music uh, thing doesn't work really out. Cool. No, they're wonderful. They really get it. They love it. Um, and I, so, but as far as the country thing, you sort of loved, you ha- You were a big Garth Brooks fan, weren't you? Oh, huge, uh, huge Lee Kernighan fan Lee? and Garth Brooks yep. fan. And um, honestly, there was so much music that I listened to that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. Um, well, maybe not so much on the radio anymore, but, but back in the day that uh, I didn't realize was country music. Yes, right. You know, like the Eagles. Yep. um, Tom Petty's kind of pseudo. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's rock and roll, but he's kind of, you know, songs that you can play on a guitar. That's what I used to love. Um, I thought, uh, you know, Garth was just the greatest thing ever. And, of course, Lee at the time, or now even still, um, was just just such a great performer. And uh, I was very enamored by all of that, that's for sure. And Jay, what about you? What what um, what did you love about country music? What made you enter into that field? Well, to be totally honest, I sort of grew up with two older brothers who were constantly uh, thrashing heavy metal and Metallica <laughs> and ACDC and all this, you know, really serious big rock stuff. And then I kind of like would listen to the radio a lot of the time. So I liked a lot of Brit pop like in the 80s, like Duran Duran and Boy George and Culture Club and, you know, like Madonna and, you mm-hmm. know, people like that, Benatar and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I also... Iconic country stuff like Boy George. <laughs> I know, yeah. but I'm getting there, right? So that was sort of Boy just George what was... Cash. That's what was fed to me. But also what was fed to me on the radio, on mainstream radio, because you've got to remember, like, we had, like, cassette tapes when we were young, you know, so but there wasn't a whole lot of... Um, just music in our household unless we went down and we saved up our money, our pocket money to go down and buy some um, records or some cassettes or whatever. So um, we kind of just really relied on the radio a lot of the time to feed us, you know, new music. And what I didn't realise was uh, a lot of the music that was being played on, on popular radio in Adelaide was country music like Linda Ronstand and... Um, Olivia Newton-John, mm-hmm. early Olivia Newton-John when she was country. Like yep. I was a massive fan of Olivia. I still am. I'm a huge fan. Um, and we, uh, my dream came true when we got to interview her um, well, a couple of years ago now over here at the Last CMAs. Yeah. Uh, it was just like one of the highlights of my entire life. But yeah. I was a massive and still am a, a huge Olivia Newton-John fan. Um, yeah, what did I say, Linda Ronstan. And then I sort of get it, got into, as I got a little bit older, I realised I sort of loved that path and I got into a lot more soul, um, Bonnie Raitt and then I um, some more like um, Ella Fitzgerald and um, Aretha. Aretha Franklin and, and those kinds of singers um, um, and some even some jazz kind of, some old jazz uh, kind of singers. So... Um, but then I met Mark, and he was like this bad cowboy, <laughs> and he introduced me to all this 
cool stuff. And one of those artists was Shania Twain, you know, who was ma massive at the time. Yep. And Garth Brooks, and he introduced me to all this great music. He actually wooed me one night, um, and I, I fell asleep in his bed. I know this sounds really dodgy, but nothing <laughs> well. happened. But I was actually feeling sick. We'd gone out for lunch, and I felt really sick, and I had to have a lie down. Um, in his bed and he sat on the stairs outside the bedroom and he started serenading me with <laughs> if if tomorrow never comes oh smooth I never heard it before and I just thought it was the most amazing song ever and I was like okay well I guess I fell in love with him and I fell in love with country music Garth never lets me down he's my go to <laughs> comes through every time <laughs> we actually told Garth Brooks that story to his <laughs> I bet he loved that day. Yeah, he yeah. did. He he asked me to sing it to him. Oh, but uh, did he fall in love with you too? Because that could be awkward. I'm I'm just thinking yeah. ahead. You know, goes, Trisha and on, Mark, do it, do it. And I was just like, what are you saying? What is right happening now? right now? I am not singing. singing Garth, tomorrow never comes to Garth Brooks. No, no yeah. pressure. Anyway. Um, you're leaving out one important part of that story. That we actually met in Sydney on like about a week before that, and. My pickup line to Jay was because she was a, a, a singer. She was a session singer in Sydney at the time, and she was singing in this bar that I had met her with some other friends. And um, I think I was hosting karaoke. That's what it was. Yes, yeah. Yeah, hosting the karaoke show. And anyway, I <laughs> big gig. I was doing Carrie Ann Kennelly, the midday show, um, the following week. And I needed a backing vocalist. And so my pickup line was like, ah. something, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of, hey, baby, want to come from Perrier? <laughs> How could you resist? And, well, obviously you didn't resist, um, Jane. That's you resist. You can't book. resist Carrie Ann or Garth Brooks. Of course. So, and then he sends me the CD. I'm like, oh, sure. Which song is it? Whatever. It's country. Okay, cool. Uh, I guess I've got to learn the backing vocals. You know, can you send me the CD? And he sends it to me, and there's no CD in it. And I'm like, okay, <sighs> this guy's good. He's got no clue. He's like, <laughs> put a CD in the post with no CD in it. And then, anyway, we um, went and did the show, and um, yeah, the rest is history. The rest is history. Basically. He sang me the the Garth Brooks song, and that was it. Boom. <laughs> Love it. Oh, that's a great story, guys, and I love that you got to oh, um, tell Gus that. Sorry, there's one extra thing. We went to uh, went to see. Him. I went to see him play, and he was wearing these leather pants, these black leather pants. Ah, <laughs> and <laughs> that clinched the deal. Seal the deal. Why are you laughing when you say that? Because <laughs> they were like leather pants, wearing in the summertime, I... tight leather pants. Like a full leather pant. Stop it. So we, what we need to know, Mark, is are the leather pants still happening? Are they a happening thing still? Only, only for special occasions. Ah. So, uh... <laughs> only in winter. <laughs> well, so you guys both had really successful careers in Australia. So what was the behind the decision to move to Nashville? What, what made you decide to make the big move? Oh, look, I think we're all, like all artists, you're sort of always trying to up your game, you know, mm -hmm. and just surround yourself with um, people who inspire you and challenge you. And and I think for us, you know, it was a very, very long and winding road that led to Nashville. But when we eventually, you know, and I'd been to Nashville many times, but when we eventually came to Nashville together, 
on a trip from LA that we were over one time, and um, it just sort of felt very right all of a sudden. It felt like, you know what, this is the place for us. And it sounds kind of a little bit cliche to say that, but it is it is a mecca, as you well know, for the best songwriters in the world, mm-hmm. for the best musicians in the world. Um, it is actually an incredible, incredibly livable city, um, and it's kind of just like a big country town, or it's, it's gone undergone some significant change in the last sort of five or six years, but but it still is, um, despite it being this huge um, musical. Uh, uh, hotspot, it's still remarkably livable um, as compared to, you know, LA, New York, Sydney, mm. London, yeah. all of which we've spent a lot of time in yeah. those places. Um, we lived in tiny shoebox apartments in all of those places and just barely could afford to eat, you know, and then we got out to Nashville and, you know, there's you, the the bang for buck is so much bigger and yet, you know, the, the music community is a real community and people take it seriously and there's money, you know, to be made there and it's a real, um, it's a real business, you know. Yeah. People can actually go and get a loan from the bank if they just found out that one of their songs is being cut by a big star like a Kenny Chesney or someone, even before it's released, they can actually walk into one of the banks and say, "Hey, I've just got a cut. I've just got the next single on Kenny Chesney. Can you loan me ten thousand dollars?" Yeah, right. That? That's interesting. Yeah, They're set up for it. In, try doing that in the Commonwealth Bank. <laughs> it, it, if you just walk in and say, "Like, no, I actually have all the money. I just need to borrow a hundred dollars," and they say, "What do you do for a living?" You say, "I'm a musician." They they like live laughing. You know? Yeah. So, yep. The, the big difference is to Jay's point is that, you know, in in, in Nashville, the the top um, three industries for the entire city. The f- the first one is um, healthcare. It's a huge healthcare hub in Nashville. I've heard that, yeah, which so, surprised me actually. Yeah, it's so a lot of the heads of all the insurance company health insurance companies is here. Uh, a lot of hospitals here. Um, the second biggest industry, which alternates with the third, so two and three alternate depending on the year is education. There's a lot of universities uh, in Nashville, mm-hmm. quite a lot, a ridiculous amount, like 20-something. Wow. Um, the third industry, which is sometimes second, depending on the year, is music. So it's quite funny that, like, music is actually treated like almost like a blue-chip industry, you know, um, where you don't really hear music and the word industry associated too much in Australia, you know. Mm, um, that's for sure. Just that- it's so scattered, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so spread out. So the population to support it. Too. Mm. That's true. So how on a scale of one to ten, how hard was it though to relocate your entire life and settle in Nashville, make the decision to be full time musicians in Nashville? How hard was it to integrate with the community and, and get yourself a real foot in the door over there? Piece of cake. Everybody <laughs> should do it. <laughs> I'm detecting a hint of sarcasm, Jay. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Never. Um, look, you know, it's it's one. Of, <laughs> I just. I can one hear of you trying to be diplomatic there. You don't have to be. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, go grab yourself a drink. Put your pipe and slippers on, and let's see how this no, goes. No, it's it's you know everybody has their own path to follow. So, what what's been Jay and I's path might not be somebody else's of course, and their yeah. 
their way might be a whole lot easier yeah, than ours. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or, and I hope it is. <laughs> or, or it might be a whole lot more difficult. Or it might not be the place for them to be. I don't mm. know. You know, so it's very it's, individual. It's difficult to sort of recommend anything to anybody. Mm. Uh, I will share with you. I hope Jay doesn't give me a funny look over here. We don't have the video on, so you can't see if she. Thank knows, goodness, because but... Mark is naked. Oh, right now. I'm not. <laughs> I'm wearing no, leather he's, pants. He's got his... <laughs> You beat me to it. He's got his um, Calvin Klein's on that our daughters call Carol Kilton's. Yeah, for some reason they couldn't read <laughs> they it. Couldn't probably. read it one day. <laughs> Daddy, does that say Carol Kilton? Yeah. I think they could stick. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll tell you this. Sort of story. So, we had been living in LA, and um, I won't go into all that. But we were there as part of a band for a soap star, and we were also writing and doing other things. You got to say it's Ron Moss. I don't know if you guys. Know oh yeah, of course. Well, yeah, yeah so we were his backing we were band. We were playing in Ron Moss's band, and we were writing and developing our own individual careers at the time. And we moved to Nashville to write songs. Jay's publisher sent her there and I my publishing company set me up with some other folks in, in Nashville. Um, anyway, basically we had we were broke. Long story short, we were broke. And we had been living off the smell of an oily rag and following the dream, so to speak, and you can put all this in quotes, but we, we were really just like we're over here in America, we're having a go, it's like something's got to click. Mm-hmm. Something happened. Um, and we were just trying so hard, doing everything we possibly could, nonstop, trying to meet people, trying to do our best work, all of it. And we got to town, and um, it was very extremely difficult. Um, we were doing everything you shouldn't do. We were running up credit cards. We were spending every ounce of savings we'd ever had. Um, we were sharing. We found a one-bedroom. It wasn't even a bedroom. It was a studio apartment. This is after we'd stayed in a hotel, like a super dodgy brother's hotel for about a month where my clothes had gotten stolen out of the laundromat at the end of the hall. Um, and we eventually found a studio apartment we moved into. Uh, it was bad, bad, bad times, you know, um, trying to just get that point across. Mm-hmm. And we started to, you know, I don't know if anyone believes any of this, but just like really be very specific about what our vision was for us and and just really like write it down and practice some positive visualizations mm-hmm. and just very like really sticking to what it was that we wanted um, all the while going broke, right, completely broke. And I'm talking about like tens and tens of thousands of dollars in debt on credit cards. Mm-hmm. This is not something that I recommend to anybody. <laughs> Don't um, try this at home. <laughs> Yeah, don't do, tr- not. do not try this at home. Yes, and, and we were probably, um, and I don't want to, this is not exaggerating, hours away from going, okay, we've given it everything um, and we swung. And we failed. And we swung and we missed. And me calling up my dad, Jay calling up her parents and just saying, we can't afford to get a ticket home. Could you please pay for us to come home and I'll work and dig holes and trenches and just 
spend the next 10 years paying off this ridiculous amount of debt that we'd run up chasing this dream. I mean, we were probably, you know, a day or two maybe at most away from that phone call, at most away mm. from that phone call. Yep. Wow. Uh, and Jay was out meeting with a potential publisher, um, a songwriting publisher, and we got this email from her old publisher, uh, which was in London, where she'd spent some time writing over there. Um, and it was a, a license request, so it's the thing that they need to send you to get approval for to, for using one of your songs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was for one of Jay's songs that she'd written a couple of years ago, um, about three years earlier, and it had been translated into Spanish, right? And the request was for a karaoke, Xbox karaoke, for this particular song. And Jay was out. We'd never heard anything about it. We we're like, well, that's kind of. I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, why? A, it's already been translated into Spanish, and B, like, why would anybody want to sing some song that they've never heard of as karaoke? So um, Jay's out, and I just we had one computer between us in this studio apartment. Um, so I just start googling the new Spanish title of the song, mm-hmm. right? um, which I didn't understand what the Spanish title was called, <laughs> Ru- Routinas or something, right? So I just started Googling like Routinas and it said the artist that was singing the song, her name her name was Chinoa. So I'm just Googling these random things. I have no idea what the hell any of it meant. Anyway, I started to find videos of stadiums of people singing this song. Wow. And I had no idea of the lyrics that the people were singing because it was all in Spanish, mm-hmm. but I knew the melody. Um, the melody was very familiar to me. It was a song that Jade had written years ago, you know. And so I was like, wait, what the, you know, and there's literally like, you know, 10, 20,000 people singing this song in this environment, and then there's her performing, um, the Spanish artist performing the song on a television shows somewhere else, all, all these different YouTube videos. I was like, wait, what is? what does this mean? You know? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, completely left is field, happening? isn't it? What is happening right now? So eventually I find out through Wikipedia that this song has been released, has been cut by this artist who had won the Spanish Idol, like like American Idol, but for Spain. Yeah. Um, and it was the first single off her album and went on to be a you know, double platinum song on the pop charts and um, um, was this massive hit um, in Spain and Latin America. Wow. And this had all occurred like two years earlier and we didn't even know anything about it. Um, all the while, we're completely broke and running <sighs> up all this money and just going just berserk trying to survive and buy yeah. a sandwich and move to Nashville and all this stuff. So... We eventually, um, you know, called up the Australian Performing Rights Associate, Association, said, uh, which is APA, and said, "Hey, um, I'm not. Sh- I mean, call me crazy, but I mean, is there any money for this song floating around?" Yeah. And they said, "They said, uh, yeah. Wondering when you were going to call. We got a whole bag of money sitting there for you. Fantastic. Um, and it paid off all the all the money that we had 
had run up and, and gave us the opportunity to sort of start again in Nashville and, um, and you know, some encouragement too. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And, 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 you know, fast forward to now and, you know, signing to Sony and we're working on our fifth record for Sony Australia. And, um, you know, we just had been very lucky to have a, a great musical journey since and very much benefit and be involved in the musical community here in Nashville. We've played the Opry, we've played the Bluebird a thousand times. We've got, I mean, you sort of just to be part of the fabric here, which never would have happened um, had we given up. Yeah. So all that to say is a very big way of coming around and saying we had no idea um, what was going on. Uh, around the world and what whether you call it God or the universe or, or what was going on that was happening in the background um, but we didn't give up and it allowed us to stay here and go on to have you know a great life together and have two beautiful babies that have been born over here in the States and and uh, here we are talking to you Sally on the phone so you know that's that's a great story. It's about perseverance. Um, obviously, a hell of a lot of hard, hard slogging it away work. You know, so much hard work, um, and and positivity, like, and just not not giving up. I think that's there's some key things there. Uh, is is there any other key elements in there that you think if you if if I was an artist wanting to move to Nashville, what else would you say is that you absolutely need to have to make it work? Oh, just a very, very thick hide. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to be told no and you're terrible over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the talent level here is scary. I yeah. mean, everybody's great. That's a thing. Mm. Uh, I mean, look, there's a lot of sort of lower level talent too, but the, like when you kind of get into the real mix of it, the, the A-list songwriters are phenomenal the the a-list producers are phenomenal like the the artists are just so so good and so if you want to sort of play in that realm you've got to just keep getting up Mm. keep trying and um and just you know not be deterred every time someone tells you no or they hate your song which is hard you know it is really hard sometimes to keep getting up and keep getting those rejections but the quicker you can take rejection in as just part of the process and not attach it to yourself personally, mm. the better it will be. I think that's the biggest thing is that we are still, Mark and I still uh, are being rejected with loads of things all the time. Mm. Yeah. You, even when you are, you, know, you have uh, you know, some level of success, you still uh, have to face rejection. I think, yeah, you can't get past that, can you? Because once you get to the next level, you need to... It never goes away. Yeah. Never, ever goes away. Except if you're John Farnham. And then everything goes away. And then it's yes, 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 yes. Or Garth Brooks. Or Garth Brooks. I don't think he gets too many... Not too much, no. 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 Maybe not. Maybe maybe at that level. Just kind of, just, you know, to accept that as just part of the process. It's part of the business and to not take it, any of it personally because Mm. it isn't personal. And all of the major artists that have made it here have so many great stories of how they were rejected a hundred times in Music Row and by various different producers and writers and managers and every single one of them has that story. Mm. Yeah, so that's something to keep in mind too. Uh, it's perseverance is what I'm getting. You just got to keep going, keep keep trying, and believing in yourself, which I think when you're surrounded by that, is well, I know is very hard. 
Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, the other big one, not to get too philosophical about everything, but it's it's tough to 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 come back to this. But um, gratitude, honestly, yeah. is that's that's a huge component of how we try to live mm-hmm. um, our lives. And I think if you're thankful for what you've got, you attract other things into Absolutely. your life. Yep. Um, if, if you're always like bitching about how hard done by you are, mm-hmm. um, things away, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's a big component. Um, with cu- what coupled with gratitude is, uh, is giving back too. that's an, another yes. thing. And you don't want to give back if you're not thankful and happy with who you are. Well, you can't, so, you're you not know. in a place of giving. So yeah. you, so it's important. So that that's a big and... that's a big one too, and it and I mean that sounds a little you know airy fairy, but it you no. know it's we've tried to make a, a an actual tangible part of our everyday life, and I think we've been the better for it. So I think if you talk to any person in the world who is majorly successful in any field, in any business or arts, that's what they will tell you exactly the same thing. You've got to be great, grateful for what you have, or you can't bring any more great stuff into your life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, agree. Like attracts like. Exactly. Yep. That's the universal rule. Yep. If and you're putting out negative, negative, negative all the time, that's what you get. Exactly. If you were, uh, I've, really? tried, I've tried both actually. Right. <laughs> I really have. I've gone through times where I've just been negative, 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 and it just got worse and that's worse. Right. And that's right. Yep. Like, okay. I need to stop. I need to start here, even though I feel like everything around me is falling apart. I need to stop and just begin, and and just to sit here and try and be in gratitude for a half an hour or, yeah. you know, 10 minutes or whatever and focus on all the wonderful things I do have in my life, even being grateful for the bad things that have happened that have made me who I am, it's, you know. That's great that you're in a place that you can do that because that's not easy either. No, but it does. I, I found, and both Mark and I have found that it takes practice. Yep. It's like the more you do it, the, yeah. the, the better and uh, you become and the easier it becomes. It's, it really is like a muscle, I think. Yes. And if all else fails, slap on a pair of leather pants. <laughs> get, get down to the pub. Get out there. <laughs> Karaoke Corona. There you go. That's, right. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's right. right. There. Exactly. <laughs> Always good advice, I reckon. I wonder where those leather pants are now. Like, the, do they I get stolen? Stink. Could you imagine how stinky they are? I, I, wonder, I wonder if I could fit in them. That's a big question. <laughs> I reckon you would actually. You're looking pretty good, Marco Shay. Thanks, baby. Yeah, it's oh. really unfair. He's like, we've just been doing this good diet, and he's like lost all this weight. Oh, it's easier for boys. I'm like, well, I work out every morning, and I'm still like yeah, and you're really struggling. Fat. No, I did. <laughs> thank you. I did not use that word, but thank you for using it for me. Mark and Jay O'Shea used to be married, and uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then they did this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, tell us about the the music community. When you moved over to Nashville, did they welcome you with open arms? I mean, obviously, you guys have made some inways before you made the big move over there. But is it kind of tricky to integrate? Do they look as at Aussies like, oh, here's another bunch of Australians on their way over here trying to be the next big thing, or is it is it friendly? Um, certainly, certainly. Um, changed, I think, a lot in the last ten years. Yes, um, since it was different when we first moved. Very over. different when we got here. There was like just Keith, obviously, yeah. who had battled and battled and battled his way, you know, through all the the prejudice that exists, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, he smashed down the door. For yeah, every, absolutely. For every other Australian, like anybody who doesn't give him the props for that is missing the point. Like 
yes, Olivia Newton-John, but that was like so far before then. Yeah. And then she took off and had a, a mainstream career, yeah. so that was a different situation yeah, really. Yeah, that's but, right. But Keith was here mowing lawns and, oh. you know, everyone knows the stories. Yeah. Um, no, total. Knocking on the doors and everybody kind of going, what What now? You want what? Where are you from? You know, and yeah. all this sort of stuff. And it took a, a long time for them to take him seriously, really. Totally. Just the, con- the concept of somebody else singing other, other than somebody from, you know, America or the South even. Yeah. Um, mm. Country music was just laughable. So he had a lot of work to do. Even the Canadian country stars were pretty few and far between, to be honest. Um, so he had a lot of work to do, and he obviously, you know, broke down those barriers. So huge pioneer for Australian uh, country music industry in Nashville. Um, uh, I mean, there was a handful of people here when we got here. I was just trying to think, like, of course, Mark Moffat had been here for yeah. Um, for a long time, you know, yeah. Mark had been coming since I had been coming earlier. Like I'd been over there 25 years ago with a, several Aussies. We'd done some trips over our record companies for us over to do showcases and things. But mm-hmm. um, Tommy Emanuel had been based here for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Collie Sackley had been here uh, as a songwriter. Yeah. Um, Phil Barton came later, uh, but there was a Jed, Jed Hughes had moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was like literally maybe like half a dozen folks, you know, um, five or six maybe. Um, but do, do do they welcome you? Um, I, I think there's no huge, there's no welcoming committee. Let me just say that. Like, <laughs> there's no like, oh, thank God you're here. Yeah. We need <laughs> You know, we need some more Australian, we need more Australian uh, songwriters and musicians to, to you know, like to that's play not, country music. Yeah, like <laughs> we don't have enough people doing what you do. Yeah, yeah. Nobody says that. Um, I I think you just have to find your own path. Mm. Um, and but, I think talent is talent. Exactly. You know what I that's mean? Like, point. if you come over with a whole bag of real talent, people take notice of yes. that. No matter where you're from, you know, I think mm. talent always went out. Yeah. So, I mean, Jed, Jed Hughes is one of the best guitar players yeah. going around. So, so whether he was living there. in, you know, South Australia or yeah. in Nashville or wherever, he's, it's just good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So. Um, what about going forward? I mean, you guys have got, you've got a, a family there now, so two little ones and you guys are, uh, they're obviously at school in Nashville there. So do you consider yourselves locals or do you think maybe one day you might come back to Australia? What do you think the future holds? Oh, we're definitely definitely locals at this point, but never say never. Yeah. You know, we miss Australia every single day. We, you know, we don't have our family here. We mm. have our own little family here with Finley and August, um, which is wonderful. But we, you know, we miss our families every single day. And you know, we've kind of go through those periods where we've had some family members who have been really ill. And that's as everyone gets a bit older, it gets you know harder and harder to be um, so far away. Yeah. You know, yeah, so it's not an easy. It's not for the faint-hearted. I'll say that. That's for sure. Yeah. I, you know, I sometimes I just think, oh, what are we doing? You know, we should just, you know, go home and be with our family and you know and friends back there. But then, we have built a really lovely um, life here, and we've worked really hard to to get that life. And we have some really beautiful friends that are like family. Um, you know, t- twelve years in, and we're very very lucky to 
I'm blessed to say that we have that nice community here. Um, and we go home a lot. So the good news is, is that we actually probably see our families, because they're dotted around different states as well, we probably see them more now than we did when we actually lived in Sydney yeah, on our own. Right. Like yep. we sort of come back, you know, three. I mean, last year I was back five times in one year. Mm. So, you know, back three, maybe four times. And so we try and get around and see as much family as we possibly can in those times. So we're probably keeping up with. Yeah. Um, Finley's eight and I think she's done it that trip 18 times. Wow. So, okay. Yep. Yeah. You get back a bit. But to answer your question about Nashville and, and specifically Franklin, we live in Franklin now, um, which is just it's part of Nashville basically. It's just mm -hmm. a little bit south. Um, you know, this, in this last couple of years, we've really dived into some more like charitable and civic things in the city of Nashville. So we're, I think you already know we're involved in the um, Sister City program with Tamworth, of course, um, and, and uh, Nashville. So we're, we're involved in the, with the Sister City guys. Obviously, the Dolly Parton Imagination Library, we're pretty hands-on in, in um bringing that to, to uh, Tamworth and, and hopefully other parts of Australia. So that's been a big labour of love for us. Um, but we also co-chaired an event recently over here for an organisation called Family Voices of Tennessee. That was a big big deal. We raised 100 grand for them in one night. Wow. It was a big, a big program that we were very thrilled to be involved in. And we did a concert here in Franklin three or four months ago to raise money for our kids' school. Uh, to Franklin Elementary School, and um, that was amazing. And uh, the you know it, Frank the Franklin um, Township is chock full of like successful songwriters and yeah. and, uh, and producers, and it's it's like you know basically music row where people live kind of thing. So that was pretty cool. We raised a bunch of money for that, which was amazing. And so yeah, we it's kind of just feel very ingrained in the community here and. I think the community as well, like when you come into this community here, that's really the way people live. Like I didn't, I, this, for me, I, I feel like I've learned this behavior of, you know, giving to your community and being of service because you come into this environment and that's what everybody does. Yeah. You know, someone, somebody gets sick, well, everyone rallies around and puts a concert together immediately or, um, you know, um, yeah, if someone's just having a trouble, someone's lost one of their parents or whatever in the neighborhood, everyone's around there with food and it's just yeah. a really beautiful sense of community and everybody gives and I feel like I've really learned that by living here and it, you know, it just always just feels really, really good to, to be a part of that and to be a part of the community. And that must be well, helpful really for fair. you guys too, because being so far away from from your friends and family and, and your lives that you've known to, to be involved in a community like that, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's really special. It's very unique. So, thinking back, finally, um, before we let you guys go, what is if there's anything that you were thinking about, you know, in all of your careers and moving over to Nashville, is there perhaps one or two things that, looking back, that you wish you'd done differently or that you could have done differently that would have made things a bit easier for you both? Um, I'm not one to look backwards like that and sort of, you know, regret or um, wonder. I'd much prefer to look forward uh, but Jay's giving me a death stare so clearly <laughs> no no I'm just saying I used to think like that I used to think oh funny I just didn't do this I've made so many mistakes you know I used to 
really beat myself up over, you know, how many things I did and said wrong and, yeah. you know, decisions I made that were bad. And then now I just sort of, with a little bit of hindsight, am able to kind of go, you know, I, actually you have to be grateful for all those things because I wouldn't be where I am now. You know, all of those little things were turns and mm. twists in the path, but they ultimately have, I believe, have led me to be where I'm meant to be, you know. So I think, you know, you've got to be grateful for all, you know, even the bad times and the hard times. And um, as hard as that is, it's, I think that's, you know, the only way I can sort of look at it with any kind of positivity. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about, I mean, you know, I, I, we've been very lucky. We've been, we've, I've, 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 I've hit probably 45 of the 50 US states We've been to Europe. We've played music all over the world. We're about to make it. We're in the process of making a new record, um, which just we, that never gets old. We always feel so yeah. lucky to be able to do that. Um, you you know, survived two open heart surgeries. I've survived two kids. That's <laughs> well, get the open heart surgery. Kid, big one. Um, so, yeah, we're just yeah, it's sort of really looking forward to the future. I and mean, there's so much to be happy about and, you know, um, not just to, creatively wise with this new record, we're going to be trying a whole bunch of new things and taking it in a slightly different direction, which is very fun. Um, uh, you know, going, doing more of a soulful kind of vibe. I don't want to give it away too much, but it's going to be a soulful slant Ooh, on country music. love it. Um, so, and a lot, it's, you know, there's a class, some classic kind of heavier stuff, which is what we can't help ourselves but sort of write a lot of the time. But there's also a lot of light, fun kind of tongue-in-cheek, just, you know, a bit cheeky kind of fun up up stuff too, which I'm really looking forward to releasing. Yeah, so just, you know, excited about the future with that and excited about coming out to Australia in a few weeks. And um, Oh, yes, we have some shows. We've got, we've, we're doing the Vanguard in Sydney on the 11th of October. We're doing... Um, we're going down to Centro, Wollongong on the 12th Look at you. You of know October. That's amazing. Uh, then we get on Cruise and Country for a week, which is fantastic, with so many fun, other wonderful Australian country music artists. Can't wait for that. And then we hop off that and we go down to uh, Braidwood where we are... Um, country co Rocks Under country the Stars. Country Rocks Under the Stars. Oh, yes. Um, playing that wonderful new festival down there. So. That should be a lot of fun. So if anyone's kicking around and want to make a road trip, that, that should be a good one. Yeah, actually, it's so. beautiful Braidwood too. It's really gorgeous. It's worth a trip. Yeah, it is lovely. Oh, guys, I could honestly, I could talk to I've got so many questions and now I want to ask you all about your new record, but that's probably another chat for another time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so wishing you guys all the best. Oh, I cannot wait to hear the new songs. And if, if we can tee up a time maybe to have a chat about your um, new songs, in the future, that would be awesome. Sure. Uh, we are completely honoured. We'd love to talk about new songs. Very excited. All right. Well, we'll do that for sure. Absolutely. And uh, just wishing you all the best for your shows in Australia, of course. I'm sure they're going to be amazing. And your trip over and back. And um, I just want to thank you so much for being part of our podcast. It's uh, it's an honour and a pleasure to speak to you both. And I know how busy you are. And we really appreciate you guys taking the time to be part of our TTM Our Country podcast series. Thank you so much. Thanks, Always. Thanks so much, Sally Ann, for having us. Our Country, the Australian country music industry podcast, is a production of Radio 2TM Tamworth. Our host is Sally Ann Witten. 
Production is by Jared Brooke and Scott McLaren and our executive producer is Gavin Flanagan.